You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimal of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Hey there, folks. How's it going? I hope the answer is awesome. Because it's going awesome over here at the moment. And I want to tell you about Sinusoid. I know you've been listening to this show for a while probably. And you've heard about Sinusoid quite a bit at this point. And if you haven't checked them out yet, what are you doing? Why? Why would you not have checked out Sinusoid yet? They support the show. They make fantastic cables. And they're fantastic human beings. I am particularly fond of the Sliver Patch Cable because it lets you get more pedals on your board, and it's soldered. It's so tiny and so awesome, and I don't know how much more I can say about a patch cable, but it's it's the coolest patch cable on the market, in my opinion. So make sure you go to sinusoid.com, check them out. They have all their cables backed by a 100-year warranty, so unless you are, like, a creature from Greek mythology... You're gonna, these are gonna last your entire life, and they'll bring smiles every time you plug it in. So go to sinusoid.com and check them out today. I also want to tell you about something else that's awesome, and that something else would be Gun Street Wiring Shop out of Bend, Oregon. If you haven't yet, I would suggest going and checking out the episode that Sean did, which was episode 84. So episode tonemob.com slash podcasts, episode 84. Um, if you go there and listen to that, I think you'll really get a kick out of it. Sean is a really good dude and he's making great stuff and his story is really, really interesting. So make sure you go check out that episode. And then when you get done with that, slide over to Gun Street Wiring Shop and upgrade your wiring harness and your guitar today because there's no time like the present. Might as well get that sweet, sweet tone and that sweet, sweet function that you've always been craving and you'll get top notch customer support. And as you, as I've said multiple times, uh, Sean's a great guy, and his products are fantastic. So go to GunStreetWiringShop.com. One last thing real quick before we get into this. There's a new way you can help support the show, and it's by doing what you're probably doing already, which is shopping on Reverb.com. So if you go to ToneMob.com slash Reverb, that's ToneMob.com slash Reverb, it will take you via a special link right to Reverb, where you can do your normal purchasing and just transact exactly the way you normally would. And what that does is every transaction that you process through that link will actually put a small percentage of that sale back into the show. So you don't it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's not going to make the process any more difficult. You just go to tonemob.com slash reverb, and that will take you right where you need to go. And every purchase you make through that link helps keep the show going. By doing something you're probably, probably, most um, almost definitely doing already, which is buying gear through Reverb.com. And if you're not yet, now is a great time to check it out. It's like the new and improved eBay for musicians and um, 
It's very specifically geared to music gear, and that's what they care about, that's what they do. So if this is the first time you're hearing about it, I'm kind of surprised. But if not, uh, go ahead, tonemob.com slash reverb, put some wind in the sails over here, and get yourself some sweet stuff. All right, enough of that, on with the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast, the show about guitar tone and people behind it. With me today, I have Brian Sprague from Bookworm Effects. How's it going? Good. How are you? Well, now that we finally sorted through all these technical gremlins, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> but I'm yeah, pretty, pretty irritated there for a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Oh, the wonders of the internet. Yeah. So what's uh how's things going over there? What's the weather like? Everything splendid? Uh it's okay. It's sunny, but it's pretty cold. Uh it was weird. Last week it was like eighty or maybe even it got up to like ninety. Um mm-hmm. it just dropped all of a sudden. So everyone's already uh wearing scarves and all that stuff. So You're in uh West Virginia, right? Yep. Nice. I've never been over there. I've always thought I'd like to visit that. That neck it's, of the war. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. There's some good things about it. There's bad things about it. I mean, you can say that about anything. But uh, West Virginia itself is uh, uh, beautiful. Mountains and hills and what have you. All the nature is good. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Well, I guess we can get right into the, you know, the meat and potatoes of it. And that'll, yeah. you know, answer some of the questions that I was going to just ask in casual conversation. But um uh what uh what's your musical backstory how did you get into making guitar pedals and you know did you play in bands growing up or like what what's the what's the story there yeah well uh i guess first thing as far as like just playing music i've been playing music since i've been like i learned guitar or started learning at 13 Uh, i started my first bad kind of hardcore band when i was 17 i think um wait yeah i guess i was 17 um played that for a couple years um moved to morgantown and started a like a math rock band um uh i've been just playing ever since like tons of little side bands and right now i play it's kind of weird i play drums in a band um but sometimes that band will play as like a another formation where i'm playing guitar which is fun because i get to use my pedals and the guitar player in our band uses my pedals. So um, it's fun to do that. Um, nice. But yeah, I um been playing music. Oh God, it's kind of gross to think about. It's like 21 years. Whoa, that's way too long. I should, I should be better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I know that feeling. Yeah. Um, and then as far as um, uh, starting to do pedals, I, um, I just had a uh, a Holy Grail reverb like stop working on me. I knew it was likely the switch, but I wasn't sure how to fix it. And the person that would normally fix it said, hey, I'm sorry, I have kind of a wait, um, so I can't get to it immediately. And I was like, that's okay. I decided to look up some stuff online, ordered a foot switch, got it, and fixed it. 
and then I felt like invincible. So I was like, oh, I can do anything. But I mean, truth was, I definitely <laughs> couldn't. But that was a good starting point just to know like, oh, yeah, these wires, the switch is just doing all this routing. And like, it kind of makes sense once you understand how um, one of these foot switches work. Um, but it, it snowballed from there. Eventually, like, um, I was selling on reverb to some of my used stuff. And I would see like handmade stuff on there constantly. And uh, I was just thinking, like, could I try that? I should maybe, like, just see. And so I got a few kits, um, built them, and that's kind of it. It just all snowballed. Um, at that time, I was also working, like, uh, a pretty... Um, I was working in a bookstore. It was super part-time, so I just had so much extra available time that when I wasn't working, I was, like, reading about... Um, circuit design or uh, just everything about every single component in, a, in pedals. And so I was doing all this homework and research and yeah, it's kind of, kind of crazy how, you know, I'm not going to say I'm like, I'm not a pedal expert. I'm always learning. Um, but it's cool to like have taught myself most of what I know, which is cool. And there's just so many supportive people in the pedal building community um, that obviously help too, and forums and all that stuff. So you can ask questions without, um, I don't know, people ripping you apart. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I kind of just went from there. Yeah. So I think even the, I don't know, the guys you would think know everything about pedals and circuits, uh, I talked to a lot of those guys too. And, I think they're still learning stuff. So I don't think you ever get done learning about these things. There's always, there, there's so much that goes into it. Um, there's always something new to be gleaned. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So you'd mentioned you were working in a bookstore and your, your pedals are called bookworm effects. I'm assuming this is not just a, a branding exercise that you yourself <laughs> are a legit bookworm. I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a pretty big bookworm, yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, and working at the bookstore was fun just because I got an awesome discount, got tons of books. Um, and I I remember when I started making pedals, I just called them kind of whatever. And then I think it's always kind of fun to have a theme, even though it can be kind of cheesy. But um, to have like every pedal named after a book character or a place in a book or just even an author, you know, like, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of like a fun thing to do. Um, and there, there are various other pedal builders who do similar things, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of like, uh, wanted to try it. So. I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, it, it's like made me, um, look up things. Cause I'm, I, I used to read a lot more, but I don't read it nearly as much as I used to. And, um, and it's certainly not like, like, uh, what people wouldn't necessarily consider quote unquote literature. When I do, it's usually right. a horror, horror comics or something, <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> which have their own merit, I suppose. But it's, yeah. uh, it's, that's what my actual physical book reading goes to most of the time. But, um, <laughs> do you come up with the pedal? And then the name, or do you sometimes get inspired by the the 
whatever literary reference you're using to make a certain pedal? For the most part, it's always worked uh, that I make the effect and then decide on a name. Like I have a whole list of uh, names and things that like I want to call pedals. Like there's probably a list of 20 different things in there and I just don't have enough pedals to <laughs> uh, name them yet. Um, that's typically it. There's a couple like ideas I have um, as far as like weird, crazy, um, I'm trying to think of a good example right now. Um, I guess, oh, okay. I don't want to spoil anything because it could uh, uh, kind of spoil it for a future pedal of mine. But anyway, I was reading something in a book oh, that was kind of like, see. it was kind of crazy. Um, and so I want to make uh, this strange effect. It's, you know, it's still in the like breadboarding and I'm not totally sure I'm going to do it yet. But it's totally like messed up sounding and it'd be really fun uh, named after this weird thing that happened in a book. But I, I know that sounds so vague and it's not <laughs> it's an anticlimactic <laughs> as hell because uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I was, but I was on the edge of my seat there. Uh, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't tell you uh, just because I want it to um, it'll, I think it'll be like fun to announce it in the future. Um I don't know how soon, you know, it might not even happen at all, but I hope so. And maybe, maybe I got a little bit twisted there, but did, are you saying that this particular one that you're working on now was more inspired by the book or, or you yeah. just thought that it, it's such a crazy idea that it'll work well with the name? Uh, it's so, yeah, it's the, the former, what you said there. It's like, I read the book and was like, wow, that's kind of messed up. How can I create an effect that like sort of, um, I don't know how to explain it sort of like uh, <laughs> makes you think of this thing, you know? And okay. you know, it's, it's so vague and I'm so s sorry. I can't be like more specific, but uh, you don't have to tell us the name of the pedal, but can you tell us the name of the book? Uh, yeah. It's a uh, house of leaves. Oh, 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 <laughs> I know. Of which is, book. which is a good spooky book. Perfect in time for Halloween. Exactly. So, now yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. I know I wow, that could get really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So who knows at this point, there's a lot of like, I don't know if this thing will um, come into like a physical box uh, eventually, but like, I mean, I hope it does. I just like have so much stuff I still want to do with it. So. Yeah. It's, it's super early. I yeah. understand that. Mm -hmm. Good times. So you were saying you were playing in hardcore bands and, and math rock bands and, and things like that. The pedals you make, are they more, how would I say it? Are they to fit a need that you have or are they more experimental and just kind of their own, live on their own outside of the music you actually play? Hmm. Well, um, yeah, some of them I, I did sort of make out of need or uh, kind of disappoint disappointment in like other effects that I've I'd had. Um, like I don't have anything against tube screamer. I actually kind of like it, but, or I started hating it for a while. I think I just use it so much. Um, but I wanted to make another overdrive that wasn't so, uh, um, you know, I don't like, there's that term transparent overdrive, but I wanted it like something a little more dynamic. Um, maybe not as like shrill sounding sometimes. 
Um, and just like every, you know, I bought a few pedals. It turned out they're just like Tube Screamer clones. And I was just like, I don't really like this sound that much anymore. So um, it's kind of why I did the Atticus Finch. Um, then, I don't know, there's other things like the Multicano. I like the idea of like having a clean reverb sound, but then like destroying that reverb sound. Um, I don't know. It's just about like, uh, I kind of wrote a song that it would like sound good with. So that's kind of why I made that pedal. It's so weird to oh, write, okay. make a pedal for one song or something, but I mean, now I use it all the time or a lot anyway. That's kind of rad actually. That's not weird. I like that. <laughs> like you can, uh, if you ever are, are you an audio engineer by chance? Me? No. <laughs> okay. I was curious if you like ever record or work through like, um, you know, there's like fake amp and fake pedals within programs like Apple logic and stuff. And, oh uh, yeah, I know about all that stuff, but I'm, yeah, I'm so, far from a audio engineer. Though. <laughs> so it's fun to like make the fake pedal board in the program and do all this crazy stuff and then go well, like, what if I can recreate that somehow in, um, in an actual box just because this thing doesn't exist. And so that was kind of the idea with the Multicano. It's like I'd set up a uh, a reverb and then a fuzz, and you could blend it with the clean signal um, in the program. So I just thought that would be really fun to uh, combine that um, or put it in an actual pedal. Um, so that's kind of the idea. Just like these weird things that can happen and then recreate them so other people can use them too. I'm here to say that that pedal is legit awesome. I Thank you so much. That thing. It's so <laughs> <Yeah>. much fun. <laughs> Thanks. It's, it's right, right up my alley. I, cool. um, I, yeah, I really, really like it. So, oh yeah. Big shout out to Emily for hooking me up with that. Yeah. Uh, Emily, uh, Emily gave that to me and I don't know if, I don't know how much you know about like, our weird guitar podcast community that we have. Um, but, uh, there's another guitar podcast called 60 cycle hum and they, yeah. They sometimes uh, organize, um, like for their kind of inner circle people. They, the the certain members will organize like a secret Santa during Christmas time, and then somebody decided to do a Christmas in July one. Oh, um, okay. And so she she got my name and and had to find and she and everyone that gets my name is like oh great because now <laughs> they have to try to find something that I don't have. Yeah. Which there's so many pedals that's that's not as hard as it might sound like, but I have, I'm a bit of an addict. So they, they're generally contacting my, my buddy Leon over at Pelican noise works. I'm like, what doesn't Blake have? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's good. So I imagine that was one of those scenarios, but she, uh, she hooked me up with that. And I had never, I didn't, I'd, I'd known of a bookworm. I'd, I'd seen your pedals and played uh, your bass drive before, but oh, cool. I didn't know you made something crazy like that. And it's, it's <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much. Like, yeah, that pedal is one of my favorites to, to make. And, um, I'll hopefully get, uh, getting some more parts in to make like a whole new run of them. Cause I only have mm, one left in, or actually it's not technically in the shop yet. Cause I have to get a few things to build it, but I'm going to have like one left and then I have to just order some more enclosures. So I see, I see. So, um, 
you said that you're you're primarily a drummer now, but when you do play, um, you're you are you guys playing out? Are you pl- primarily recording, or what? Uh, what are you guys doing right now? Uh, we're doing. Uh, we are playing live in Morgantown a lot. I think we have a couple out of town shows planned in November. Um, but most of the time we just play in uh, Morgantown, um, and we are in the process of recording also. Um, everyone's schedules are so crazy. Um, so hopefully we'll get some recordings up in the next, like, uh, let's see, this is the middle. It's almost, well, yeah, it's the middle of October. I'm hoping by the middle of November, we can release something. Um, it just, everything kind of takes some time and everyone's busy. So that's the main thing. Like all, all three of us that are in this band is called beast friend. So I play drums. My friend Mason plays bass. And uh, Roseanne plays guitar and sings. We actually all sing. But um, we all also teach music at this uh, nonprofit music school called Pop Shot. And that takes up a lot of our time. And then we all have these like other things we do. So like me, pedal building. And Roseanne uh, is into ceramics and like pottery. And then Mason is, um, he's doing some new jobs, like extra second job stuff. So he's super busy. Um, hopefully gotcha. something soon, hopefully. Sounds like there, uh, at least in your circle, it sounds like there's a, a lot of, uh, art type community things going on over there. Is that accurate for your city or, or is that just your circle of friends? Oh, well, definitely. Um, West Virginia itself has a gigantic arts community, um, that's one of the main things like I wanted to kind of help showcase with Booker effects. Um, I am not so much a, um, like a visual artist. Uh, I can't really, I, I drew stuff in like high school, but it was never like a good artist. Um, when I started making these pedals, I was using like really bad stock images from, or like what is it? Public domain images to put on pedals. So I wouldn't get in trouble. <laughs> um, and then I was kind of just thinking like, well, I have so many friends who are artists and like, I can reach out to them. They can make a pedal look really nice and then I can make it sound the way it does and go from there. And so like almost every pedal is named after, or sorry, is um, designed visually by a different artist. And the idea is that they span all around West Virginia. There's one that is not from West Virginia just because he's, um, he's a tattooer from Barcelona, but he works in Cannonsburg and he's just a friend. Um, so I was able to like ask him for a design. Um, so I guess I should say like regional, not just like West Virginia, but mostly West Virginia. Gotcha. That's really cool. I didn't, I didn't actually know that about West Virginia. Um, I would have, you know, everyone kind of has the images of their different states in their in their brain. Um, yeah. That seems like, you know, when when those kind of things like a, a strong arts community is brought up, people think about like Brooklyn or, you know, or here in, in Portland or somewhere like that. Um, yeah. And not so much some of the more southern or rural states. Um, Definitely. So that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah, it's it's all over uh, our state, which is cool. And like there's. Morgantown has a huge, like, there's so many different artist collectives here. And um, the eastern panhandle, like the eastern side of the state, 
has a bunch of stuff in the Shepherdstown, Martinsburg area. Um, you know, and every, I mean, every every small place has something. Um, it's it's all over. I mean, you can I guess you can really say that about any state or any place, but um, West Virginia is mostly the ones I know. So I guess that's kind of the <laughs> you know that's all I got. Are you uh, born and raised there, or, or how did you end up in West Virginia? I'm actually from uh, Martins Ferry, Ohio, which is about an hour and a half from here. Um, I was born there, raised there, and I just moved to Morgantown uh, 12 years ago, maybe a little more than that now. But um, basically, I was just moving here to work and record bands. That's kind of all I wanted to do. Um, and so at that time I was like working just like some bad part-time job or full-time job, uh, recording on weekends, playing music on weekends. Um, that's kind of it. And then it just, you know, it gets bigger from there. So eventually start doing things like, um, you know, I've only been teaching music at that program for, uh, past five years and I've only been building pedals for the past, um, four years um which is crazy just like how much changes in a small amount of time um but then i'm still yeah and then i'm still playing music a lot um yeah i don't know everything's for me it's all around music and yeah that's i don't know just i think i feel like i'm rambling so oh no not at all (laughs) okay um no, no. I mean, I'm asking rather open-ended questions with the hope that you will yeah. take them on a journey, <laughs> a journey of self-discovery or right. something. I don't know. Um, no, but that's that's interesting. I was gonna that was gonna be my question is like what drew you there, but it sounded like it was just sort of a the the opportunity to play music, um, and it all seems to stem back to that for you. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any um, big hoots, you know, speaking of music stuff, what is some of your big inspirations musically? We we obviously have literary inspiration, but who do you listen to or who has inspired you to, you know, kind of live this life? Yeah, well, um, there's, there's so much. Um, it's constantly changing, but I still have, like, the bands that got me really into music um, or got me, like, delving deep into uh and i would say first off is radiohead like when i first got okay computer it kind of like blew my mind uh at that time i was also listening to and like playing pop punk and stuff but i sort of like grew out of that pretty quick and didn't really like pop punk that much anymore um but uh i mean i could still listen to it but like radiohead was like such a weird, big, mature sound that I've never heard before and all these different things. But um, Radiohead sort of began everything, but I'd say in the past, like, uh, in my in the past 12 years of being in Morgantown, I listened to a bunch of, like, 70s prog rock, like um, King Crimson, Yes, um, Gentle Giant, um, what's the one captain beyond um but then there's tons of uh it's all over the place i also really liked uh Rose for a really long time um 
and I still kind of do. I, I guess I haven't kept up with them since um, their like Tack album or something. But um, I don't know. Uh, lately, I've been listening to a ton of um, like Saint Vincent, um, Snail Mail. There, there's. Oh my gosh, I don't even know where to. Oh, I went back to start listening to some like Mazzy Star from the '90s. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Tons of stuff. Uh, Jeff Buckley. Oh, you know, I, I could I could go on forever. Um, it's <laughs> wide I'm, range. Yeah, I mean, musical range is pretty crazy. Like everything from kind of nice, quiet, um, light piano kind of stuff to uh, you know, like some heavy stuff like Converge or Mashuga or something. Um, so it's mm-hmm. it's it's all over the place. Um, I just recently have a huge appreciation for ABBA. Uh, oh no. <laughs> yeah, I, at least I should say that I've only been listening to dancing queen. I had to teach it in one of my classes and like sat down to analyze the song. And by the end of it, I was playing bass for it just cause it was kind of a tricky bass part that uh, we couldn't really get a student to learn in a small enough amount of time. But the whole time I was kind of like, this song is really, it's really good. Like lyrically, it's definitely weird. Um, I <laughs> there's something in the lyrics <laughs> that I always laugh at. It's uh, at the end of each chorus, like the pre-chorus is basically one line, and it says, "And when you get the chance, uh, you will be the dancing queen." Like that, for some reason, that doesn't really make sense to me. But and when you get the chance, you will be the dancing queen. Like when you get the chance, you will. Yeah. I I mean, I guess it makes sense, but I always laugh when I hear that because I think it's, (laughs) I just think it sounds weird or something. I guess you can be the dancing queen if you have the chance. I have no idea. (laughs) Well, when the chance arises, you're going to be the dancing queen. (laughs) Yeah. It was so weird. That's what it means. Yeah. It's really funny that you brought that up and you brought that song up in particular because my wife is a huge ABBA fan. And I'm super, I'm oh, yeah. super not. Um, I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, and part of it, dude, it's like it's it's good pop. Like, don't get me wrong, but like something of it too is like every time I come in the house, I'm hearing ABBA for like the last three weeks, and I'm like, I'm done I, with ABBA. Yeah. And and then <laughs> because you know she loves me, she decided to teach our three year old uh, dancing queen. So now. <sighs> He'll come in and be like, Dad, like what? He'd be like, you are the dancing queen and start singing. <laughs> I'm like, no, oh, no, stop it. It's actually hilarious. It's yeah, hysterical was... when he does that, actually. I don't want him to stop. That's great. Yeah. He has he has a good range, awesome. too. He's got uh, he'll sing that and he'll sing Blackbird. And then also his mom mm-hmm. uh, taught him achy, breaky heart to really get you know, grind my gears. <laughs> so, <but. laughs> yeah. That sounds great. It's yeah. pretty great. It's kind of, it's kind of the trifecta. We actually, um, we went to Nashville this, well, we've taken him there twice, but we went to third man and I, you know, they got that like recording booth there. Um, yeah. The, yeah. We, uh, we had him sing blackbird into that and it's like my favorite thing ever. That's yeah, cool. We got a little little vinyl record of three year old singing Blackbird. It's awesome. That is so cool. The ladies there, uh, I think they wanted to steal him. 
It was like they were they were they were <laughs> loving it. It was great. Um, it was great. Good times. Uh, do you have any kids? Uh, no, no, no kids. kids. Okay, well, they're crazy. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, where do you see where do you see bookworm going in the future? Are you gonna try to kind of keep it? where it is do you want to grow it and and have it be a, a bigger thing i mean the seems like the you can in this industry is kind of funny it's you can almost seemingly um if you're as long as you're making cool stuff and unique stuff you can kind of control your destiny a little bit some guys you know keep it small and keep it you know like uh, one example i point out is a uh, analog man like he not that he's small but like he's clearly as big as he wants to be because he's got a two year waiting list for the, you know, King of tone and things like that. Yeah. If he wanted to, he could expand and grow and whatever, but he clearly doesn't want to. Um, is it, is it something you'd rather keep on kind of the level it is and just build in batches and, and go, or would you like it to be a more a, kind of a larger operation? I think eventually definitely want us to get a little larger. Um, I could, uh, I, I kind of like make my own hours, uh, teaching. So it's like, it's not an issue of time. It's more about like, I, I do sell a lot of pedals, but I, if I had like, uh, I don't know, like just a, a bigger demand and I could turn it into a uh, larger thing, you know, hire people to work uh, and build with me. Um, I would love that. Um, I don't know how, uh, likely it is with the whole, like, um, you know, building pedals is a pretty like tough thing. There's so many builders out there and, uh, um, luckily everyone is super nice. No one's necessarily like seeing it as a competition with each other. It's everyone's super friendly and I love doing, uh, trades with people and, um, that kind of stuff is real cool. Um, but uh, the, the way to stay on top is just always have like some kind of new thing or a weird thing that maybe no one else has done or not explored that much yet. Um, so that's kind of the only tricky thing. Like I, I mean, I was super surprised that people liked the Multicano distorted reverb. I sort of thought no one in their right minds would like it, <laughs> you know? But it's definitely the most popular pedal. Um, um, yeah, it's kind of just weird to think about that stuff. I sort of just took a risk and it seemed to work. And that's that. I think it's um, it's kind of like what you said. It's a, trying to figure out something weird that hasn't been done before. There's lo-fi verbs and some that, that have some overdrive characteristics and stuff. But I can't think of too many off the top of my head that have it distortion and, and are, are that gnarly yeah i can't um i don't remember seeing anything immediately that was uh just like uh a distorted reverb but i think i remember like keely had a pedal that had some sort of distorted reverb uh setting on it and it was like some limited edition thing it was the uh oh, i can't remember the name of it right now but it was like based on phil specter's um like wall of sound sort of stuff that he would get. Um, right. Can't remember the name of the pedal, but uh, that was like 
I remember seeing that right around the time I was like first breadboarding and stuff, and I was kind of like, oh, someone's releasing a disorder reefer, but it wasn't really marketed as that, and it was, uh, I don't know, there wasn't, I can't remember all the deep, like the features on it or anything, but I don't think it was, uh, I don't think it was like too similar to mine. I hope not anyway, I guess I haven't, I haven't kept track of it, but, um, I don't even remember that pedal. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it was, it was super limited. I think they, I don't know how many they made, but, um, I, I didn't really see it out for long. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. So what do you see? Like, yeah, the pedal market is a, it is a difficult one to, to get into. What do you see? Like, you know, if you were to tell, talk to somebody that wanted to get started in the business, what would you tell them? Hmm. Uh, I guess, uh, it's cool to start with some simple stuff, but to try to expand, um, into the kind of weirder territory and like more, um, I guess you could say like acquired taste kind of stuff where it may not really sound like a totally usable thing at first, but, um, there's, there's going to be practical uses for some of these things. If you just like give it a chance. Um, I like when people, I don't know. I saw something recently. It was crazy. Um, uh, totally forgetting the name of it, unfortunately, but it was a big, uh, delay pedal. I think it was made in Europe. Uh, I saw like data choir sounds talk, like playing with it. And, uh, mm. it did, it did a bunch of cool, like, kind of glitchy weird stuff like any of those like any new glitchy um pedals i think are really cool just because the future kind of is uh more people are getting into digital programming um i really want to get into that like dsp stuff but i uh i just have to upgrade so much stuff like a brand new computer um development boards um i don't know there's a whole lot to it and i don't know oh like all the doctor scientist stuff is really awesome oh yeah i'm yeah. really excited for the atmosphere um, i'm so excited for the atmosphere <laughs> yeah i've been trying uh, to get ryan on the show for like a year oh yeah it's like it's like i don't know sounds sounds like that would be stressful i'm like dude it's just it's just me man like, <laughs> yeah it's just me not stressed nothing to stress about Maybe I'll try to talk to him. I mean, I don't get to talk to him that much, but I can maybe just say like, Hey, it's, it's not bad. So yeah, it's not, it's not that bad. <laughs> he only verbally abused me a little bit. Yeah. I can, I can, I can handle it. Yeah. Um, no, he's, he's like trying to psych. it's kind of funny. Like I'm DMing him on Instagram and he's like, I'm trying to psych myself up to do it. <laughs> like, it's so good. I'm like, it'll be fine. Don't worry <laughs> about it. But no, he's a, he's a great guy. And, uh, I yeah I have a couple of his pedals. Uh, I got a reverberator and a BitQuest, and I love them both. And I'm so jazzed about the atmosphere. I'm yeah, so excited about it. It's gonna be so cool. I don't know how people's brains can work to create things like that. Honestly, that, that blows me away. Definitely one of those things that, like, is kind of overwhelming and intimidating to see, like, the amount of work they put into it to, um just all the development of that and every single little feature planned out and stuff like that. I think I do 
interesting enough stuff, but um, gosh, I, I wish I had their knowledge or their, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's just really crazy. They've been doing it a long time. You know, it's a, yeah. uh, that's part of the deal is you just, you learn and like we were talking, we were talking about with like even the guys that you think have it all figured out are still learning new things. Um, there's always something to this yeah, stuff. Definitely. One of the, one of the crazier pedals I played recently, um, I had to send it back to him, but it was, uh, it was cause it was a prototype, but the Cooper effects moment machine. Oh yeah. Um, I've heard of those. Seen yeah. That? yeah. I was really intimidated by it at first. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to feel to understand this thing, but <laughs> like the way he made that, the menus scroll through and everything, it was like, Oh, it made a lot of sense. Like it was way easier to use than some of the other like super complicated pedals that I have. Yeah. Um, Cause I see, I just seen a screen and I was like, Oh boy, we got sub menus and things. I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah. But it's really easy and it sounds, you can make such like, you can make completely unusable sounds or really pretty things. It's That's just cool. is all how you play it. Yeah. It's, it's a fun one. So um, amazing. I love that. Do you uh do you have well we talked about Dr. Scientist, but do you have other builders that you really admire or appreciate their products or who have been particularly helpful to you? Yeah. Um I think like um when I was first getting into it, I was talking to uh Tom from Tomcat a lot. I think he's really cool yes. and can't wait for his trip. new Yeah. His new thing is gonna be really awesome, which I think he's releasing sometime soon or um uh, Leon, uh, from Pelican, um, we did a trade, uh, a little more than a year ago and I have a half horse and I, I use that so much. Um, I almost always, uh, when I'm teaching, if we have a band that needs like a really fuzzy sound, I take in the half horse just cause it's so much fun to like first to show kids the funny artwork on it, but then to get like <laughs> a crazy, crazy fuzz sound. So, um, uh, let me think Southampton pedals. Um, mm -hmm. we did a swap, uh, I guess it was earlier this year. Um, and man, those are really cool. Uh, what did I get? The boosted fuzz and I think it was called the fifth gear. Just like a nice overdrive. Tons of, tons of cool stuff. I feel bad. I'll probably forget someone and then I'll feel bad. Um, I, I don't know the Earthquaker people like super well. It's kind of funny that um, Jamie from Earthquaker was in, um, what was that band? Party of Helicopters, which was a band that I never got to play with or see live, but all of my good friends in, uh, that were a little older than me played in bands with them. So it was kind of fun to like, they played all these shows and all these people in like the Wheeling area know them. Um, or, yeah, no, Jamie and Earthquaker and stuff. Um, the Old Blood Noise is always doing cool things. Every time I see something they put out, I'm just sort of completely blown away by. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a ton, and there's some stuff I'll like. Uh, I don't own a count of five, but I really like Montreal Assembly. Um, like, Those I don't things know. are nuts. Yeah, like... There's there's so much I want to you know obviously meet and talk to way more people. Oh Grant Big Ear I should like he's super helpful and he um 
organizes the um, boutique pedal showcase at NAMM. So yes, yes. So he was able to like have uh, my pedals on there two, t- I think three times. Or wait, I can't remember. I think it was just two times. But um, I mean, that's that's so much fun. Like I was actually able to go to NAMM this year, but not like to showcase. Um, mm-hmm. So I was able to like send him two pedals and um, got a bunch of good feedback on it. People like uh, emailed me later to say like I tried out your delay pedal and it's insane, that kind of stuff. So. Um, it was fun, like meeting some of those people that I've only been able to talk to online, you know, um, uh, who else, uh, Christian from adventure audio. He was really nice. He was there at the, at NAM. Just listen off some of my favorite people. That's oh yeah. Doing right now. <laughs> 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 Luckily they're all in like that, the same group. So everyone kind of knows each other, which is cool. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's kind of like, everyone's pretty cool um with each other like we've talked about multiple times but like there are sort of um not where i'm not sure what you, there's like certain like sort of circles that get mm-hmm. formed if yeah. that makes any sense and um that are just kind of talk to each other all on a regular basis and i'm in this weird place where i i'm like sort of part of all of those little circles not all of them but a lot of them Mm-hmm. it's like <laughs> like i know a bunch of the west coast guys obviously being over here and i talk to them on a regular basis and then but i'm also you know tight with a bunch of the east coast guys and all the guys you just mentioned and tom and and grant and uh ryan from Vosrocious and like and so i'm like talking to those guys and i feel like i'm in this weird kind of floating like floating between different cool kid clicks yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can see that totally cool uh but it's uh it's awesome because I like all those people. So Yeah, that rules. Uh, and Christian and I got actually got something coming next week. Oh I'm really? Like uh something you guys worked on together? Yeah. It's uh it's well, a lot of people kinda know what it is already, but I I'm I I can't give it away. So it's okay. Yeah. Actually, I can't wait to actually no. this episode will have already this, the, it'll already come out by the time this episode comes out. Uh, so that'll, <laughs> that'll be okay. We can talk about it. Awesome. Uh, the, uh, the Demogorgon, uh, we are coming back out with that again mm-hmm. for kind of the, we'll see what happens, but right now it's planned to be the last hurrah. Cause we did, we did one, uh, two years ago, which was just a fuzz. Mm-hmm. And then, Last year, he had the idea to like try to make actual monster sounds. Whoa! <laughs> oh my god! And so we did the the Demogorgon V two, which really was only a V two in name only because it it was a fuzz, you know, tremolo reverb thing. Wow! Um, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous, and That's you could awesome. like make monster sounds with it. Um, <laughs> That's exciting. Um, and so now we're we that and once we did that, we had a batch of I don't remember 50 or I, I actually don't have, even remember how many we did. I can't remember at all. But um, we did the first batch and they they all sold out really fast. And him and I've been getting emails probably at least once a week since it since it sold out that, oh, we need a, we need another one. So we're bringing that back out with a little bit of tweaks to it to make it a little more user friendly. Cool. Um, and I'm really excited about it and I'll be getting one here to do some demo stuff with hopefully pretty soon. So that is awesome. There you go, everybody. 
I'm super excited. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to show you. I'll try to show you some stuff after this, but because now okay. we're talking about me, we're talking about you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've talked about a lot of a lot of things here. Um, so what do your when you do get to play guitar? What does your rig usually look like? What are you playing? Ooh. Um, I have, as far as guitars go, I kind of just go back and forth between, um, mainly just two guitars, but I have like a third one just kind of for fun. Um, my first one is, it is technically a Fender American standard, but I didn't know that until really recently. Um, when I went to recording school in Ohio, I, uh, lived in a house with a few other people and one of the kids there, uh, just like he had this Telecaster and it was really nice, but he just kind of complained about it all the time. One night he broke off the headstock and threw it in the garbage. Um, oh. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And I snuck out and took it out of the garbage and brought it into back into the apartment and hit it in the, uh, like under my bed. Um, I, it was so stupid. Like why he did that? Cause the next day, I guess his like dad bought him a brand new one. I was kind of annoyed by that. Um, but he just, he, one of those kids. Yeah, exactly. Like he showed me the guitar earlier. And she was like, gosh, that tell is so nice. And he's like, I kind of hate it. You know, he's just like kind of a spoiled brat kind of guy and just hated that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, anyway, so I, uh, had this basically headless guitar for a long time. You know, I just took the neck off and I had the body for a while. Um, when I moved to Morgantown, I eventually bought a neck through Warmoth, and uh, that's been like my main guitar. So it, I didn't realize until I checked the serial number later that it was uh, made in USA, like American standard, basically from uh, early '90s. One of those ones. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was called something different, not American standard, but I just can't remember off the top of my head. Um, that's, American traditional or something I like that. I think that's it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. American traditional. That sounds right. Um, but anyway, that's my, my main guitar. I have a Fender Strat. I think it's, it's really just like a standard Strat. Uh, again, I haven't checked the serial number. That's a good idea. I should probably find out. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's just, um, I put three of those uh seymour duncan lipstick pickups that you see in like dan electros um yeah so it, it's got a ton of cool versatile sounds like can kind of sound like a rickenbacker um can sound like a dan electro and like still get the um like a strat sound but it's um it's a super versatile guitar i like that one a lot and then one i just got within the past year which is really fun because it was i have not paid a lot of money for this at all because it well, you'll find out why. Um, do you know those like beginner guitars that are like Maestro um, by Gibson? You ever seen those? Mm-hmm. They sell them, yeah, in, like, for sure. You know, Sears and stuff. They're not like le- legitimate guitars, really. But um, the music program I teach at, we did a big gear sale last year, and uh, one of the one of the other teachers was going and collecting donations. Uh, they were about to leave this one place and a guy ran out with the body of this guitar. Uh, just didn't have like, didn't have a bridge or anything or strings. And he was like, Hey, I got one more if you want it. And then, uh, my friend who was the teacher, Walt, he was like, uh, yeah, let me take a look. He was like in the middle of talking about it. And the guy just like throws it in the car. 
<laughs> without him like <laughs> saying, you know, like, you know, oh, is that okay? Do you want this or whatever? He just like tossed it in. And he's like, okay, well, here guess, you go. Yeah, I guess we have it now. Um, so he brought it to the music school, and um, I uh, I saw it in our our room like as unfinished guitars for like five or ten dollars. And he was just like, no, just take it because no one's really going to get this guitar and fix it up. Um, so I, I did, and it's it's like a it's like a Les Paul Junior looking guitar, but it's a pink burst, <laughs> which is very oh, weird. nice. Yeah. <laughs> and when I got home, when I fixed it up, I put like two gigantic knobs on it, um, just for volume and tone. And uh, the pickup is stock. Like I'm sure it's not a great pickup, but it sounds fine. Like I have this guitar set up and tuned almost always in like a uh, drop C or C standard just for fun. Um, mm-hmm. It's a fine guitar. Like it's, I'm not, I didn't need to get anything super special and uh, it's fine just to kind of mess around with it. it. Stays in tune perfectly fine. And if I put a ton of pedals on it, it sounds fun. So um, nice. Yeah. So those so are fun. like, yeah, those are my three guitars. Like right now I have a, uh, Another old like Squire Strat that was like one of my first guitars, but there's a lot of work I want to do on it because it's super, it's super boring right now. I did put one new pickup in it and it sounds really nice, but like I hate the neck on it. I just need like, I don't know. I want to turn it into a baritone. So yeah, um, that'd be really fun. But uh, I don't know when I'll have like time or um, money to do that. So. Uh, but yeah, the rest of the rig. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Gosh, I'm only talking about guitars. Um, um, what is this? A guitar podcast? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, for pedals and stuff, I'll, I'll use usually, um, I try to keep a pretty simple setup, but if I want to, I'll add more, uh, depending on songs and whatnot, but, uh, I'll almost always have a drive, which will be one of my overdrives or I've, gone back to liking the tube screamer so i'll put those tube screamer on sometimes um i usually have like one of each a drive a fuzz um usually chorus or tremolo so like the tremolo i make or really like that walrus audio julia um Mm -hmm. such a good like i'm not i've never really been a huge chorus fan but i love vibrato and that's kind of the main reason i got it but i'll use a chorus sound every once in a while um, then I'll usually have delay and reverb. Um, so like my delay or my reverb, um, extra effects I'll throw in here and there. Um, the earthquaker spatial delivery. I really love the sample and hold setting. It's so ridiculous and crazy sounding. Um, their afterneath is a really fun, like spacey pedal that I use that a lot. Um, the afterneath. Yeah, it's, it's so good. There's nothing really like it. Um, I was even listening to some recording from the 90s that um, this is way before that pedal existed, but the band got, it sounds like the Afterneath, but it was definitely way before the Afterneath uh, was out. So like they must have done something in the studio to get a similar sound, like multiple delay pedals or something. It sounds awesome. But uh, um, the, let me see. I'll throw in um, any. Let me see what else I. I mean, I have I have way too many pedals in here. I should. Um, sorry, There's I'm, no such thing. <laughs> it's true. Um, no such thing. 
of course the bit quest just because there's so many different like i like pit shifter on that the the kind of random delay sounds in it um yeah i don't know um the old blood black fountain i'll throw that in sometimes like i don't know i i have a lot of pedals and i um when I be live and stuff, I kind of I just try to keep it pretty simple to like what I need. I never have like every pedal on my board at all times. Although that'd be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm starting to slack. I need to um, if I don't do it if I don't do it before the year's over, I'll have failed. Um, I haven't had a actual pedal board set up in years at this point, like. I don't like even oh, yeah. when my band was practicing on the regular, I would like show up with a box of pedals and, and like be like, well, here's <laughs> take the time. Yeah, to I mean, unbox it was just like, it's yeah. like such a disaster. Um, and, and it's, it's because like, I can't pick, like I can't choose like every night I, I come out and I, and I jam a little bit before bedtime. And it's always like, running through a different combination of pedals. And so for me to like sit down and have a, an actual board, that's a grab and go. It's like, man, that that's, that would be so weird to yeah. me. Um, but then it's like, part of it's that. And then yeah. part of it is like, Oh, I need to like, if I'm going to do this, I need to like, I need to do these effects justice and actually have a nice setup and all that stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because you have a lot, you could also do, say like multiple small boards kind of thing. Um, well, actually, I always think that's, yeah, that that's a, that I should. Yeah. There is a caveat. I did have a, a super mini board set up for a little cool. while. Like, yeah, all small pedals or things that did multiple things. I think I ended up with like seven or eight pedals on it still by being very yeah. creative. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Um, and using yeah, it's, and using the sinusoid slivers. Uh, this episode brought to you by sinusoid. Um, <laughs> nice. It, it really is. <laughs> so I guess they got two plugs this time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Not to like completely derail it, but yeah, I, I, I need to do that. That was my my new gears resolution this year. Was like I'm gonna have a pedal board, and I still haven't. <laughs> I laid yeah. one out a few a week ago. I was like, "This will do it," and then I slowly was like, "Nah, I need to redo this <laughs> and that." And then, uh, I know that feeling. I mean, it's it's tough. Like, I very rarely have like my board ready to go. Like, I I have to do the same thing. Just like take a few with me, and but I'll um if I'm pl- if I know I'm playing guitar more often, then I'll have it like set up and good to go. But this was kind of rare, so right, right. Well, we're getting close to the end here, and we we have to ask the most important question. Um, I'm hoping you're sitting down because this one's a little bit heavy for most people. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, Brian, what what is your favorite kind of pizza? Oh, geez, um, that is not what I was expecting. But <laughs> told you, um, it's heavy. It's heavy stuff. It's pretty heavy. Yeah. Okay. Um, people are gonna not like this uh i i'm vegan so you know vegan pizzas are i mean i think they're good but other people hate them but um i think one of the best like vegan pizzas ever had was uh i don't know how big of a chain this place is but it's called z pizza i don't know if 
I don't. I don't mm. really have that in Oregon. Have you ever heard of it? I've never heard of it before. Okay. Well, um, definitely in Ohio and like West Virginia and Pennsylvania, but um, they just make like a vegan pizza with a bunch of like veggie sausage, um, veggie cheese, a bunch of other fruits, not fruits, but vegetables. Um, It's amazing. But I mean, I'm a vegan, so I don't think my opinion is anyway. But (laughs) you don't think your opinion is valid? You are a human. Well, I hope, you know, I mean, there's, there will be people who, uh, you know, have, um, who will try out that stuff, but like, they might just hear vegan pizza and think it's immediately disgusting, you know? Um, and maybe I'm biased because I, that's all I can eat, but I don't know. So my, uh, my grandpa, who's definitely not a vegan, um, was telling me about the impossible burger. And how he was like, he was like, I want to try that. So he tried it at a local brewery. Have you heard of the Impossible Burger? Yes, I love yeah. it. Yeah, he said it was like it was legit. I'm like, well, if you say it's legit. It must be legit. And now I kind of want to awesome. try one. That's great. Did you say it was your grandpa? Yeah, it was my grandpa. Yeah, he was like, that's he was like, that's amazing. <laughs> he was just like, I want to. He's like, I was like, what made you try that? He was like, I don't know. Just thought it might be kind of fun. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's great. Uh, that kind of adventurous attitude is good to like try yeah. new things. And uh, yeah, Impossible Burger is awesome. Like, there's uh, a couple restaurants in town that have them. So if I get any kind of veggie burger, it's just going to be that because it's. Um, I'm not going to say it tastes like a burger because I honestly don't remember what actual burgers taste like. Um, what I know is I like it. It's kind of all that matters. So. <laughs> that is, well, at the end of the day, that's true. That is all the players. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, what's in that thing? I've seen it, and it looks like meat, but I don't understand how that works. I, I cannot remember all the details. There's some sort of like the reason it looks like it like can bleed is because it has like a little bit of beet uh, juice or some kind of beet something in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still like a thick textural. Cause I don't think it's necessarily like tofu. It might be, Oh my gosh. I wish, I, I wish I knew all the details. Like when I first got it, um, the restaurant had this pamphlet on it and they like would show you and you could like read about it before you ate it. Um, but I forgot everything that's in the pamphlet. So that's not helpful. <laughs> it didn't say anything about transistors in that pamphlet. Therefore I, <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot it. Yeah, I only read it the once, so. Well, yeah, we can't, we can't expect people to retain this kind of information on 2018. Yeah. We're being bombarded <laughs> with too much. We got yeah. too much coming at us all the time. <laughs> nice. Well, well, Brian, thanks for doing this. It was a lot of fun talking to you. Um, do you, uh, when I, this is your kind of chance to put up a billboard. Where can people find you and where do you want them to go to check out more and all that jazz? Yeah. Uh, thanks. Uh, first, I just want to say thanks for having me. Um, the, uh, I have my website is just bookroomeffects.com. Um, I have my Instagram, which is just, uh, at bookroom effects. There is a Facebook page, um, just bookroom effects. Um, that's all the, the places I use the most, um, especially Instagram and the website is good for any kind of new updates and stuff, but, um, website has all the sound demos, Instagram. 
I post more just because I, you know, can do a quick video demo here and there. Um, but yeah, um, check out my stuff if you get a chance. Please do go check it out, guys. I think you're I think you'll like it. And again, that reverb is one of my favorite things right now. So you guys, will, <laughs> you, so you guys will like it. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Brian. I guess I'll go ahead and wrap this up uh, for Brian. This is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there you go. There's another one in the can. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Make sure and go check out Brian's work. I really, really do like that reverb. It's a great, great pedal. It's really, really a lot of fun. Let's see. House cleaning. What else do we got? We got Nam coming up. Uh, it's going to be here before we know it. So hopefully I will see some of you guys down there. I'm still trying to figure out the pizza situation. We, like way uh wore out our welcome at the place last year uh we we had like 50 people show up so hopefully we can do a similar pizza thing but it will probably be on the nam property i'm still trying to figure out exactly how that works so i will keep you all posted on here and in the facebook group and all the other social stuff so just uh, keep track of that there if you haven't heard anything shoot me an email to info at tonemob.com and we'll try to get you squared away if you need more Tone Mobbage, there is always Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash tonemob and check out the different levels. At the $5 level is where you start getting extra episodes every week. They can be anything from extended guest interviews to Jess and I. Actually, this one we just posted today was probably the most on-topic guitar talk I've ever had on the internet. It was so we were, we were really on it that, t- that day. We had a lot to talk about, so that was pretty fun. You can check that out. And again, I know Black Friday's coming up. There's going to be a lot of crazy, crazy deals going on and things to check out. So if you happen to be doing any shopping on Reverb, don't forget to use that tonemob.com slash Reverb link, and that will put a little bit of wind in the sails over here. It won't cost you anything extra, and you can just do all your shopping on Reverb like you normally do. So if you could save that link, that would be fantastic because that really helps out, and it's a win-win for everybody. So, yeah, I think that's it. Until next week, uh, have a good one, and let me know if you need anything, or if you need to get a hold of me, I'm around, info at tonemob.com, or get in touch with me on all of the social stuff. Later, folks. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings, made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to tonemob.com stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. 
Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstory as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.